You're listening to the Faithful Career Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Hunter, and this is a place where we talk to people who recognize the Lord's hand in their lives and specifically in their careers. Thank you for joining me on the second episode of the Faithful Career Moves Podcast. Today I'm talking to Karen Manthe. She has one of the scariest jobs I can imagine. She is an improv comedian. That means she gets up on stage and performs without a script literally improvising as the scene unfolds, all with the goal of making people laugh. Sounds terrifying. But Karen is also a wife and mother of four kids, and I want to know how she juggles both her career and her family. Here's Karen explaining how it all started. My husband and I are both from the same area. So I was going to school in Washington when we were dating, and he was going to Rick's at the time. Uh And then we got married and I moved over to Rick's right. And we were there right during the transition of it turning to BYU-Idaho. And so I was taking classes with the intent of theater and speech education. So I could Mm -hmm. be a theater teacher, a drama teacher. And then life happened, you know, Mm -hmm. I got pregnant and he was done. And so we ended up going to Eastern Washington for his master's. And so I stopped, you know, I just was started raising Mm -hmm. kids. Then BYUI opened up their online. So they gave me the opportunity to be one of the first cohorts to try their online program Hmm. and get my degree that way. And you could only get it in general education online. Mm -hmm. So while my husband was getting his PhD, I started doing the online and it was very slow going because we were the testers. And so Mm -hmm. it was very clunky at the very beginning. And it was like a semester before I graduated, they had opened up eight different majors. (laughs) I was so (laughs) upset. So I was going to switch my major. So when I contacted the school, they said, if you joined now, it would still be three years before we can get all the classes up and going. So I just decided that's fine. I'll just graduate with my general education. Mm -hmm. And I, again, started taking some master's classes for social work and I got pregnant. That was a really surprise pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped doing that. So I don't have a master's, but I do have a bachelor's degree. And so that took a little bit of a turn. But before that, when we were first married and we were living in Washington, I had tried out for an improv company. I just saw an ad in a paper saying, come and try out and then you can win these free classes. And I loved theater and I knew a little improv and I knew some fun games from high school and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So I went and tried out and it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And I... (laughs) But I bombed on one of the very last (laughs) games we were going to play. I bombed it so bad that I froze. I was so nervous and I just froze on stage. And normally with that game, somebody's pointing at you and you're you're supposed to start talking. And I Uh froze so bad that I just, I was like, just kill me. Like, let me die. (laughs) You're supposed to die in the scene. Like, if if you mess up or whatever. I was like, just let me die. And he's like, nope, come on, say something. And I was like, I I don't know what to say. (laughs) And so I left feeling like, oh, I totally bombed it. I didn't get to win this free class, you know, and I didn't hear back from them, but I was really, really wanting to do it. And so Mm -hmm. I emailed them and I said, I know I did a bad job, but do you need an usher? Like, do you need anybody that (laughs) just let me (laughs) in? I just want to, I found something that I love and I enjoy, you know, Mm -hmm. and they had emailed me back and they said, you got in, we emailed you. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't see it. It was in my junk email or something. And so I was really glad that I reached out, like I took that opportunity. Otherwise I might've missed something wonderful. So I was with them in Washington for like six years. And then we moved to Kansas for my husband to get his PhD. And I found the affiliated company there and and I was with them for six Mm -hmm. years. And then I moved to Boise and I was with 
that company again. And so I just have been doing it for a long time. Improv seems like about the scariest thing a person could do. I would have said before that maybe singing is, but with singing, you generally know what you're going to be singing. Are you nervous? I used to get really nervous. Yeah. Especially because a lot of the people that I was training with are now in LA doing really big things. They were in incredible improvisers. And on my way to every practice, I'd be on the verge of tears and sweat just pour. I mean, I would have armpit sweat marks for (laughs) hours. You know, it was, it was terrifying. But every time I drove home from practice, I would be on such a high and just like, that was amazing, you know, and learn so much. And it really, it was that act of doing something that really scared me Mm -hmm. at made me not scared. And so now I, I teach it and I do it and it Mm -hmm. never scares me. And it's it's an awesome feeling. Okay. So take me back a little bit. How did you feel during the years that you were starting and stopping school, putting your original dreams on hold in favor of starting a family? Um, I, I mean, I definitely felt those moments of, well, this is it, (laughs) Yeah. but I also try and find a way to make things work. You know, I Mm -hmm. usually have a pretty positive attitude about things. So I started volunteering for things Mm -hmm. and whether I'm teaching or not, I love working with people. And so I was volunteering at soup kitchens and I was, I volunteered at our local high school to direct a play. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing things like that where I still felt like I was getting to use my talents, but I wasn't getting paid for it. I was just, I was just doing it. I love that. Okay. So let's pick back up in the story. Now you've moved to Boise and then what happens? I love the worldwide company. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And I made really good lifelong friends. Uh, the Boise company just found that we had differing opinions a lot okay. and it ended up just not being a very good situation. So I chose to leave. There was a group of us that chose to leave. Okay. And that was a hard decision because I had been affiliated with this company for so long and mm-hmm. I just adored how they ran things. And so it kind of broke my heart to leave, but mm-hmm. it felt right at the time. and. And even, you know, even a few weeks later, I'm like, was that the right decision? It was really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I trusted and I felt like I need to stand up for yeah. myself. And so I, I left and I started seeking out different improv in the Valley. I reached out to uh, recycled minds comedy and I had met the owner. He's wonderful Christian man, super, mm-hmm. super great guy. And I said, I'm interested in teaching if you need some teachers. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know me. He didn't, he hadn't yeah. done any improv with me and he was really kind, but he said, you know, I usually prefer you to take my classes right, <laughs> and I sure. couldn't afford it at the time. I was like, oh, yeah. I just can't. So I just started going to the different improv jams that were mm-hmm. around the Valley. And then I started performing with different friends and we started kind of forming our own groups. Mm-hmm. And then we actually booked something over at Recycled Minds Comedy for an audience to come see us. And so that was his very first time seeing me do improv. And then he and his wife asked to meet with me later and reached out and they said, we would love for you to teach for us. You have a great spirit about you. So we Mm -hmm. would absolutely love it. And so I started teaching for them a few years ago. And it's so it's just been a a really awesome, I mean, at the beginning, it was terrifying. And um, so having to to separate from the company that I knew and tried this whole new method of doing improv and teaching and that kind of thing. It was really terrifying, but it has been an awesome journey. And from that, you know, I've had people asking, like, try out for these commercials, or I I just keep falling into some really interesting jobs where Uh they need actors or they need improvisers. And and that's been really great. What does the day-to-day look like for you and your kids? When coronavirus wasn't going on, (laughs) it was a weekly basis. I'd either be 
teaching improv. I'd have a night where I'm teaching or some kind of performance. And it seemed like every single weekend I had a performance. So it just, it changes every day, which is kind of the improviser's life. It's always different. You're always on your toes. But it was really great because my husband travels for work. And Mm -hmm. so we can look at the calendar and say, okay, you're gone this week. I am home for those times. And I can just not schedule myself. Mm-hmm. If he's home and he can be with the kids, then I can schedule performances and yeah. I also can teach classes. It's just worked out really mm-hmm. well. And it's not only a, an awesome outlet as a mom because I get that yeah. me time, but I also can be there for my kids. And there have been times when I don't find the right balance and I overschedule mm-hmm. myself. And then sure. I'm really regretting that and I don't get time with my kids. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times when I'm like, nope, we just need this week. Like we need this week off together and we can just be a family. You know, I have been a work at home mom for 20 years and I feel like I have to choose to be a stay at home mom every day because the world will provide multiple ways for me to ditch it all and follow opportunities. I feel like I have to be really intentional and really mindful about what opportunities I take Mm -hmm. And also kind of to your point too, is to trust that when I say no to one, another one's probably going to come. Yeah. And that does take a lot of trust. I feel like I get it wrong a lot, you know? Yes, totally. And my husband, because he trains professionally as well, big groups Mm -hmm. of people after 16 years, he was like, maybe I should take an improv class. (laughs) And so- So we ended up making it one night a week. We made it our date night where we were going and I was teaching a class and he was taking one of the beginner classes. These are three hour long classes. So my 16 year old was babysitting that night a week. That was hard. It really was just because it was eight weeks of that. And it felt like our family was so on the go during that day Mm -hmm. that we literally had, I think it was 10 minutes together as a family Mm -hmm. before we had to separate again and go do our things. And we started calling them our huddle times, you know, so we'd huddle up like a football team and we're like, how's everyone doing? You all say, (laughs) okay, we got dinner ready. We're going to do dinner, you know, and we're going to, and actually it ended up being really fun. The kids thought huddle time was the coolest thing. And those are funny memories, but my internal angst and frustration Mm -hmm. by that, it wasn't the healthiest because I just was like, oh, we're not doing a good job and our kids Mm -hmm. are by themselves. And and that really worried me. But And I actually have always thought that a little bit of mom guilt is good. I think a little bit of mom guilt helps you stay in check and say, is this okay what I'm doing? And sometimes it is, you know, Mm -hmm. is this necessary? Sometimes it is. Other times I think that mom guilt is a way of saying, you know, maybe things are a little out of balance and it's time to dial it back in for a time. Yeah. I think we're going to have that guilt regardless. I think it's very easy to justify and be like, well, I need to do this for me, you know? And so we can swing one way or I never get a chance to even take a shower for myself (laughs) because I'm focusing on my kids so much. So, Karen, what's the long range goal here? Are you expecting a big pivot point once the kids are all gone or are you already living the dream? You know, I kind of feel like I'm living it right now just because I'm getting paid to do what I love. And that's fantastic. I get to meet interesting people and I get to change formats and change troops and teach children and teach adults. And I've always had a goal to go back for a master's degree. Mm -hmm. But right now, I love how things are going. What is an unexpected blessing? Something that you couldn't see for yourself? You know, I didn't expect to ever be seen as an expert in improv. Hmm. When I was working with the worldwide company, I was always looking to the teachers and just super wowed by what they did. And I never pictured myself 
teaching because I didn't ever feel like I knew enough about it. And it wasn't until I finally put myself out there and said, I would like to try teaching when I was given that opportunity. I was like, whoa, I actually, I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have, you know, 17 years of experience doing this. And, and it was amazing to me to, to be able to utilize that and help others see the joy of improv. It's interesting to me, like your ability to do scary things. Have you always been that way or is that something you learned? I grew up in a theater family and I'm the seventh of 11 children. And wow. so you kind of have to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ended up having that, that stage voice because, you know, it was loud in our house all the time. But I think that I just found that at a young age, I took theater classes when I was little and mm -hmm. I found how fun it was to make people laugh and to bring out emotion in people by putting myself out there. And so I just learned from a young age. That's kind of cool to try and do yeah. something that's a little bit scary that helps you grow. Yeah. Self-confidence is a balance between, you know, self-affirmation, like loving yourself and mm -hmm. self-improvement. Because I feel like the more times I try those things that are scary, it's actually not as scary as it sounds. So what advice would you give to somebody who has similar hopes and dreams for their future, but also wants to raise a family and also wants to be home with their kids or, or just be involved in their, with their kids' lives? I say trust, like trust yourself and trust that the Lord has your best interests at heart. Honestly, it's very scary to put yourself out there. And if you're willing to try and, and willing to deal with rejection, then what do you have to lose? Mm -hmm. And so for me, there's a new path that keeps being open to me, which is wonderful. And what I've noticed is being a helper is a big one where I just reach out to people and I want to help or I want to invest you know, energy and talent into a project. And then all these doors are open from just getting to know different people. One of my students, he's the CEO of a company in Boise, and he adored my class. And he found out that I was looking for a space for my company. And he said, well, I've got a space. Why don't, why don't we work something out in trade? And so he's part of some business leader groups. So uh -huh. there were other CEOs that came and started taking my class. And so I adapted it for business so that they could use improv for business. I never would have pictured myself doing that a few right. years ago, but just from willing to put myself out there and share my passion with others helped open that door. You know, my advice is not only find your talent, but figure out how to utilize it to help others. Mm -hmm. And as far as improv goes, I have seen so much good come from my students where they feel more confident in their job or as managers or as even, you know, some were students in school and, and just having the mindset of saying yes and being mm -hmm. courageous has helped them in their daily life. So, you know, really for me, it's been do what scares you and, mm -hmm. and trust that it's going to work out. Right. Okay. This is my last question for you. How have you seen the Lord's hand in your career? Oh, I've so many times I've seen his hand. For me, when I feel the spirit, it's a repetition of thought often. Mm -hmm. where I have this thought and then I, I tend to push it away where I'm like, no, that's just, <laughs> you know, when yeah. I had the, when I had the thought that I needed to leave the company I was with, mm -hmm. I, that was really scary. And I was like, no, no, yeah. maybe we can work things out, you know? And, and I just kept getting that feeling again and again. And finally, once I follow that spirit, things just work out and doors are open. So I've seen it over and over, like at the very beginning when I was driving to improv practices and I was such a newbie and I'd be on yeah. the verge of tears, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, there's that little still small voice saying, come on, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Just, 
just get through it. Just mm-hmm. keep trying and performing when it was very terrifying to get up on stage or put myself out there. That little voice was like, you can do this, just do mm-hmm. it. You know, and, and so I'd put myself out there and then it would always be a benefit. I've never gone wrong from listening to the spirit. If I'm feeling good about something and I feel like that's the right path, I'm going to go that direction until I feel a no. So I think Heavenly Father leads me that way. He just lights a little bit of the way ahead and there's yeah. this huge long tunnel that I'm in and I can't see, but you know, mm-hmm. he just lights a little bit at a time and it's amazing to see how far I've come and I don't know how far there is to go either. <laughs> so, right. I mean, none of us do. All right, Karen, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, um, where would you send them? Gamechangerimprov.com. That's my company and we offer classes and we perform at least monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, I also teach with Recycled Minds Comedy. They don't do a lot of performances. They mm-hmm. have class shows, but they really just teach improv for people who want to improve in public speaking skills and just feeling more confident in general in life. I'm going to let you go because I know you're really busy and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. But is there like one thing that you could leave us with? Well, yeah. The theme of improv that everybody knows is yes and, which means say yes to what's happening and then add to it. So I take that mentality and use it. And I would encourage anyone to start using that mentality of say yes to what's going on, even if it's something that's really hard. Mm-hmm. If it's even if you're in the midst of diapers and no sleep and you know yeah. you haven't had a shower in days, say yes to that and see what you can do to add to it or what is my contribution to this. And it's amazing what happens because it changes our mindset. If you lean into the hard thing, magic happens. That's not only an improv thing, but that's applied to life. And if you lean into the hard and try and figure out what am I learning from this or what can I contribute to this situation to make it better? That's all any of us need. I love that. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Yes, that was great, Shelly. I want to thank Karen Manthe for joining me on this podcast today. And here are my takeaways. First of all, I think it's so interesting and I am so grateful for the fact that each one of us has a unique set of talents and abilities. And I love how the Lord allows us, even encourages us, and maybe even mandates us to use those gifts to serve others. So maybe Karen's initial desire to do improv is that it just felt good to make other people laugh and it was something that she wanted to do. But now 17 years later, she's doing that Plus, she's using her talents to help people become more confident in their jobs, to be better managers, be better moms, and just be more confident in life. And secondly, gosh, I am so glad that my goals have always been a little more mainstream, meaning that if you want to succeed in business like I do, there's some pretty clear paths you can take. But for creative people, I guess it makes sense that finding your dream job takes some creativity. But as I hope you learned here today, you don't have to figure it all out on your own. Explore, experiment, volunteer, offer to help, and have faith that the Lord will guide you to that thing you were always meant to do. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Faithful Career Moves podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this episode on social media if you think others will enjoy it as well. Thanks for listening. 